Welcome to the Ask God 365 podcast, where we are answering life's difficult questions. Today's question is, what is a real man? Let's get started. Would you agree that the world or culture is against real men and women? Much of the world, especially Western culture, is drowning in gender confusion. What is a real man? or a real woman? How would you teach that to a child or anyone searching for an answer? The consistent message from the pseudo-intellectuals is there is no real difference between men and women except for some body parts. Even worse, you can ignore the body parts and identify what you are. The desire to neutralize or eliminate the gender distinctions and differences God has hardwired into human beings is, sadly, blatant and constant in our culture. The confusion is a work of Satan to distort God's creation. It is effective because the lies are promoted through what is good. The lies ride on the back of truth and good values. It's like mixing poison with a healthy meal. Satan can quickly hook you if you do not stand on the firm foundation of God's word. So what is a man? A man simply is a human biological male who has developed in 15 ways. Number one, he can be honest without fear of another living soul. Number two, He can secure his loved ones from harm. Number three, he can make decisions with confidence. Number four, he can model forgiveness and exercise judgment. Number five, he knows what he doesn't know. Number six, he takes advice from others and considers it wisely. Number seven, His strength doesn't give him control. It gives him power, which he measures and applies when needed to win the hearts and minds of his family and sphere of influence. Number eight. His mind is used to provide, protect, and bring peace and safety. Number nine. His sweat is from hard work. Number ten. His sexuality is there to please his wife in a monogamous relationship. Number 11. His sense of humor is meant to lift up, not tear down. Number 12. He doesn't have to cheat to survive. Number 13. A man takes what's given him and deals with it. He's not afraid to ask for help. And number 14. Real men lead gently, like a shepherd leads his lambs. And number 15, a real man understands he is a son of God, created in the image of God to be a servant leader. So the question comes up, what is man? And it is answered in the Psalms, who am I that you should be mindful of me? And the psalmist's response to the feeling 
of the overwhelming grace of God in his life, that you think of me, O God. That thought I am lower than the angels, yet you crown me with glory and honor, not because I deserve it, but because you love me. Let's look at male biology and anatomy. A man is an adult male human, and prior to adulthood, a male human is referred to as a boy, a male child or adolescent. Like most other male mammals, a male's genome inherits an X chromosome from the mother and a Y chromosome from the father. Sex differentiation of the male fetus is governed by the SRI gene on the Y chromosome. And during puberty, hormones which stimulate androgen production result in the development of secondary sexual characteristics, thus exhibiting greater differences between the sexes. These include greater muscle mass, the growth of facial hair, and a lower body fat composition. Male anatomy is distinguished from female anatomy by the male reproductive system, which includes the penis, testicles, sperm duct, prostate gland, the epididymis, and by secondary sex characteristics, including a narrower pelvis, narrow hips, and smaller breasts. The male reproductive system includes external and internal genitalia. The male external genitalia consists of the penis, the male urethra, and the scrotum, while the male internal genitalia consists of the testis, prostate, epididymis, seminal vesicle, vas deferens, the ejaculatory duct, and the bulbourethral gland. The male reproductive system's function is to produce semen, which carries sperm, and thus genetic information that can unite with an egg within a woman. Since sperm that enters a woman's fetus, that is uterus, and then fallopian tubes goes on to fertilize an egg, which develops into a fetus. Sperm enters the woman's uterus, then the fallopian tubes, and goes on to fertilize an egg, which develops into a fetus or child. The male reproductive system plays no necessary role during gestation, only in the development of the fetus. So, wow, we've gone over the male biology, definitely different than the female biology that we've discussed in a prior podcast. So what is man according to the Bible? The Bible presents man in the proper context of the creator-creature relationship. Man is created and sustained by God. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.26-31 Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let me repeat. Let us make man or mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So where did man and woman come from? God created man in his image. 
and in the image of God he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every plant food for food. And it was so. God graciously gave every green plant for food. God saw that all he had made, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning and it was the sixth day. In Acts 17, 25 and 28, God says, Nor is God worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since the Creator gives to all life, breath, and all things. For in him, or in God, we live and move and have our being. For we are also God's offspring. Man, my friend, is a person and is capable of making moral choices. Christianity looks at the human in the tripartite view and holds that humankind is a composite of three distinct components, body, spirit, and soul, all created in the image of God. And when God looked upon the creation of man, he saw that it was not good to be alone. After the creation of Adam, every living creature was brought before him to receive its name. He saw that to each had been given a companion, but among them there was not found an helpmeet for him. Among all the creatures that God had made on the earth, there was not one equal to man. And God said, It is not good that the man should be alone, and I will make an helpmeet for him. And man was not made to dwell in solitude. He was to be a social being. Without companionship, the beautiful scenes and delightful employments of Eden would have failed to yield perfect happiness. Even communion with angels could not have been satisfied his desire for sympathy and companionship. There was none of the same nature to love and to be loved. God himself gave Adam a companion, he provided an helpmeet for him, a helper corresponding to him, one who was fitted to be his companion and who could be one with him in love and in sympathy. Eve was created from a rib taken from the side of Adam, signifying that she was not to control him as the head, nor to be trampled under his feet as an inferior, but to stand by his side as an equal, to be loved and protected by him. A part of man, bone of his bone, and flesh of his flesh, she was his second self, showing the close union and the affectionate attachment that it should exist in this relationship. In Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, a psalm of David, David asks the question, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you, God, have made man a little lower than the angels, 
and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. In view of God's handiwork and the limitlessness of his creation, David is awestruck by the Lord's concern for his human beings and the position he gave them to rule over creation. The all-powerful God of the universe cares so deeply for us that he made us only slightly lower than himself and gave us authority over his creation. The triune Godhead's decision to create human beings in his own image and likeness and give them each authority over all God's creation. From the beginning, God made humans to be his representatives on the earth, to have dominion over every creature in his name. What are mere mortals that you should think about them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, for who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Jesus humbled himself and became a human being, a man. In his earthly ministry, he was a little lower than the angels. And as a man, he willingly experienced suffering and death, just as we do. But Jesus tasted death for everyone. He took on our nature and became like us, but without the sin and rebellion that tarnish our existence. Through his death, Jesus broke the power of the second death for us. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all of mankind who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus became a human. Jesus became a man and died to set us free from death. So what is a real man? A servant leader willing to lay down his life. So when we are asked the question, what is a real man? We can answer it simply, a servant leader, exemplified in the life of Christ. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Until next week, listen learn, think, grow together, Ask God 365, searching for answers to life's difficult questions.